the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Where today on the podcast, we are going to finally put a little nice bow on preseason. Oh my God, it's over. Thank God. Uh, Five preseason games are in the books. Plenty of practices later. How much better is this Broncos team? I'm going to discuss that with Jake Peterson as well. He's going to join me on the podcast. And we're going to discuss who benefited the most from the preseason game against Arizona as, of course, cut day coming up this weekend. For some, unfortunately, the Labor Day weekend is not going to be so great because they're going to be out of labor. They're going to be out of work. Who are the Broncos going to be cutting? Who could potentially be a surprise? That's coming up on the Broncos Blitz podcast. But first, our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. I tell you what, with the weekend coming up, you may be drafting your fantasy teams this weekend. PFF offers the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. Here's what you do. Use the data-driven projections and matchup tools to find breakout players, or you just sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long. Don't waste another season guessing which players to draft or which ones you should just sit on, which you should fade. Use the PFF analytics to optimize all your draft picks from one to the very end. Mr. Irrelevant, hey, how about those trade offers or DFS lineup? PFF Analytics will help you out. Here's what you do. Sign up at PFF.com. Use the promo code PFF25. Okay, that's the numeral 25. PFF25 to save 25% off your order. If you're a high-stakes player, hey, join the PFF Elite to access their Green Line picks for NFL and college games. Green Line shows you which picks have the highest confidence to Beat the spread, money line, or over under. Join PFF today, and of course, do so at pff.com. Use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off for a limited time. You can find me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K radio on Twitter, where Mile High Sports' Jake Peterson joins me, contributor to MileHighSports.com. Now, Jake, of course, you were uh, checking out the Broncos as well, too, and you've been following this team from the beginning of preseason or or training camp, whichever you want to say. It, it all kind of is just a mishmash to me because mm-hmm. it's just been a blur, and now it's, it's, finally, it's finally over. But let's focalize really on yesterday's game right now. Let's focus on that game, and let's talk about the players who benefited the most because I think you're in agreement with me. The mm-hmm. first person who really benefited themselves the most was Kalfani Muhammad. Absolutely. In that 47-yard run, he showed something special there. Um, I, I think at this point, he's really locked up a roster spot. and, and You think so? I think so because I just think that Devontae Booker hasn't shown... It's been three years now, and he still hasn't shown anything. And at some point... You, you know what you have in a guy. Yeah. And that point is probably about three years into your career. Here's here's the deal. I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Uh, if I called the shots, Kalfani Muhammad would make the roster. Uh, he has been great for them. He has given me wow plays, the run yesterday. But uh, it, it goes, I think, more into what you were kind of talking about is 
I just haven't seen anything from Devontae Booker that made me say, whoa, look at 23 out there. In in three years, I'm I'm so over it. Yeah, so it's over it. when you haven't shown anything in three years, and when you can barely make it past a, a third string running back, and and two rookies beat you out last year. One of them's undrafted. I mean, it, we know what we have in Devontae Booker, and I I think that's pretty clear at this point. I think uh, I think Muhammad has really solidified a roster spot. See, if I called the shots, Muhammad would make the roster. But I'll say this: I don't think he will. I mm. think they're going to continue with Devontae Booker. I actually would be surprised to see them um, keep Muhammad over Booker why on is, the roster. Why and is that? I don't know. I, I don't know why they like Devontae Booker. I really don't. Uh, to me, Booker has been uh, underwhelming. He has been a mediocre blocker. You know, I was talking to some media yesterday, and some media members were like, well, I could see it because... Devontae Booker blocks well. It's like, you know what? You can't make this team as a running back who blocks. You just can't. I need Mm. playmakers on offense. And look, if this is a guy who was making plays in training camp or showed me something i'd be i'd be hesitant to to say that but otherwise i can't it's easy for me to say i want the playmaker in muhammad who's been making plays this preseason and for booker it's just i i think this ship has sailed on this guy now obviously we talked about it in previous podcasts with the injury to theo riddick and how this potentially plays a part I still would keep Muhammad, but again, I, I do believe they will actually keep Devontae Booker. Uh, let's get to another name who uh, really benefited, and, and we were kind of talking about him uh, pre- previous to the podcast, is this Malik Reed guy. Uh, this is most definitely has locked up a roster spot. Uh, he's just been tremendous in preseason. He's shown out. I mean, the Broncos have a history of making undrafted guys into big names, Chris Harris Jr., Philip Lindsay. Malik Reed could be that next guy. And And to be fair, last night... He was tearing up, you know, third and fourth string guys for Arizona. Yes. But this entire preseason, though, he's looked very good. And he looks like a guy who, at the very least, can contribute and cause some issues against the, against the you know, the first string offensive line guys. And to have somebody with that kind of capability alongside Chubb and Miller and everybody else that this defense has to offer, he's going to look really good in the regular season. I can't wait to watch him. Really like Malik Reed. Uh, end of July, we've been talking about this guy since then, before preseason, that he has been in the backfield constantly, disrupting guys, uh, making an impact, blowing up practice, and then obviously in preseason we were seeing him really put it together with uh, multiple sacks. Of course, yesterday, uh, you know, like I said, you don't want to get too excited because it's Arizona's offensive line. It's their third, fourth-string guys. But I will say this. He looks clearly, clearly several notches ahead of them, which is great because that means against first, second string guys, he's probably going to be somewhere in the contributor effective role, which is great. And and for Denver, particularly because they need some depth guys, mm-hmm. how great is it to have a Von Miller, a Bradley Chubb smashing at an offensive line constantly for three quarters and then to rotate them out to rest them and then all of a sudden, here comes this Malik Reed guy. And I don't think offensive linemen, by all means, know who Malik Reed is yet. And this guy's just blowing past them, fresh legs. Oh, and he's actually a pretty darn good player. I mean, that could be a huge, huge impact 
uh, for the Denver Broncos when it comes to maybe a little bit later in the game, particularly if they have a lead and can really unleash that pass rush. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Verrell on that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Uh, I want to get to one more player who really, I think, improved himself, and I think he's going to make the roster um, because of maybe a little bit of conservative play, but in the words of, uh, well, our old friend Josh McDaniels, did his job, did his job. I'm going to tell you about that player coming up. So, of course, the Broncos preseason game against Arizona showed the maybe the most important role, I think, for me to find, or maybe the most important job won, and that is the six-wide receiver position. I think this was the one that was so much in the air from Fred Brown, Kelvin McKnight, River Craycraft, you know, name a guy, you know, I don't know if Langley or, uh, you know, some of those other guys, Trinity Benson, were really in the running, but my guy is River Craycraft. I, I talked about this this guy that as as somebody who just didn't need to screw up to win that role, and he ends up catching a punt. He actually returns a, a nice little twenty plus yarder and flips the field a little bit. Got a little bit of work on offense as well too. Craycraft was targeted uh, six times, and um, look, six receptions for forty one yards. This is a guy that I think makes the roster as that six wide receiver role. I think he was the front runner in most people's minds. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, Craycraft is that guy that people love because he's always like the first one out on the field. Yeah, people love that. Um, shows good work ethic. Uh, he's gritty. Yeah, lunch uh, pail guy. Yeah, good gym hips. rat. Fluid hips. Yeah, yes. very. Exactly. Um, but he, you know, like you said, he not only returned the punt, looked decent doing that. Didn't drop the ball when he was catching the punts, which is always a plus. But he also made, you know, contributions on the offense. And when you have a guy, you know, let's say, you know, heaven forbid something happens to Deshaun Hamilton or Cortland Sutton or, you know, anybody down the road. But now, you know, you have a guy in River Craycraft that can come in and, and help out on offense if he needs to. And that's the biggest things for these special teams guys is they need to be able to contribute elsewhere if needed. And Craycraft showed that last night. So I, I agree with you. I'm not. I think he made the roster, and I think he's going to contribute quite a lot this year. Yeah, and and hopefully he is more than just a returner because, you know, I, I think he's got some talent to play a little bit of that slot. He's mm-hmm. got the body for it. He's Look, he's not going to blow you away with speed on the edge, nor is he really going to out-muscle guys, a little bit of a smaller guy. I mean, he's kind of my size, mm-hmm. and I'm not really the biggest guy in the world when it comes to the NFL field. They dwarf me, so when it comes to River Craycraft, it's kind of that underneath, underbelly of the defense, try to find the holes, kind of kind of play a um, you know an Edelman-West Welker role, if you will, uh, for this team just on a kind of poor man's basis because his majorly, obviously, impact is going to be on that special team's unit. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends at Tap14, as well as our friends at Pro Football Focus. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Jake, where can they follow you on Twitter? I am at JakeyP303. All right. Kevin Hogan, 12 of 23, 138 yards, had the touchdown, did have the two interceptions, one of them obviously coming uh, towards the end of the half, kind of just a you know Hail Mary type deal, so I'm not going to ding him too much on that. Uh, Hogan had some good, had some bad. What were your overall thoughts on Hogan? And then maybe even get into uh, Brett Rippon as well, too. I, I think Hogan looked better 
last Big. night. Um, you know, he had some rollout, nice little rollout throws. He was thrown across his body, which is always, you know, nice to see from a quarterback on those rollouts. I, I think for right now, he's kind of locked in as the number two quarterback. And unfortunately, with the Drew Lock injury, that's kind of where we're at. But he looked better. He 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 looked like a you know an NFL quarterback last night. And and Rippin has. Um, uh, he was also better last night, but again, we're talking about third and fourth string guys. He went eight of 11, sure. uh, 86 yards. Um, I just don't know that he's shown enough to keep on a roster. Maybe a nice practice squad, Kai, in, in Rippon, but I think Hogan showed enough that he could be a night, you know, a decent backup quarterback. I'll work backwards. Uh, Brett Rippon, I think, perfect practice squad guy. Perfect mm-hmm. practice squad guy. As somebody who probably is going to go through, not going to get claimed, um, look, he has the name. He has some nice tools, but obviously he's not even clearly ready to be a backup. Uh, look, Kevin Hogan yesterday, he looked better. He made some throws, and then he made some really dumb throws. I, I didn't see anything that made me say, this should be your backup quarterback. I think Kevin Hogan's future is really going to rely upon who is cut on Saturday and who becomes available for the Denver Broncos because if all of a sudden you have one of these, you know, maybe San Francisco cuts one of their guys and he's more familiar with the offense anyways, I'm I'm going after a Bethard or a, a Mullins. I don't think they're going to cut either of those guys, but who knows? If one of those guys becomes available, I'm, I am hard chasing that because I just don't see anything from Kevin Hogan that says, this is a guy I can trust with the team if, God forbid, Joe Flacco goes down. Now, it's easy to say that because I think you could say that probably for 25-plus teams in the NFL, nobody really wants to put their backup out there. But if you have the opportunity to pick up somebody better who knows the offense, why wouldn't you? Because you already know Kevin Hogan's not giving you anything. I mean, he's just not. It's it, He's a mediocre to below-average quarterback who doesn't have a big arm. He doesn't have an incredible cerebral uh, presence before pre-snap. He's a guy, you know, and that's exactly what he's shown. He's a guy. He's starting to progress, but it certainly is not coming fast enough for me to say, okay, I trust you with a backup role. Yeah, and so if... Let's say that the 49ers then don't cut Nick Mullins, don't cut C.J. Beathard. Would you make a trade offer for one of those? Well, I, I think that is an interesting proposition that I hope Denver has at least picked up the phone or maybe during their joint practices made a little uh, conversation on the side and said, hey, oh, hey, John. And then John Lynch is like, oh, hey, John. <laughs> We're both named John. <laughs> uh, what would you trade for uh, C.J. Beathard or uh, Nick Mullins? Let's talk. Let's talk business. You know? Yeah. So between after the joint practices, I I, I almost kind of had this extra radar on my mind. Is like I wonder if something could potentially happen, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and if it does happen, it'd be like today or tomorrow morning. Because obviously, if you're the Broncos, you obviously want to keep them off the the market, uh, you know. So potentially, they don't have to be outbid. And if you're the 49ers, it obviously would benefit for getting a, a later round pick for one of these guys. So if a deal is to be made, it's going to come soon. I don't know if you want to give up an asset for somebody that you know is going to be a questionable backup. But look, um, you know, for those who think the backup quarterback role doesn't matter, I point you to Nick Foles. I point you to Brock Osweiler when he came in for Peyton Manning in 2015. It is a big, big deal. I also should note that the last time Joe Flacco started 16 games, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. It's, he's not exactly the most healthy guy in the world. And so 
I would like to see the insurance. Whether it happens, we'll see. So it's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, as well as our friends at Pro Football Focus. The last name I want to talk about is Suha Cravens. Okay. Suha Cravens, I can't get a good grasp on the situation for this guy. Suha, um, first of all, ESPN's Jeff Legwald left him off the 53-man roster. And Suha, I, I'm I'm very curious to know the situation and what you think because he seems like somebody that I think Vic Fangio could utilize, but I don't understand why they brought Suha Cravens in to play this hybrid role of safety linebacker. And then Jamal Carter comes off the major injury, and then just all of a sudden they're like, hey, Jamal, can you play this linebacker position? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then he gets inserted, and he actually looks pretty darn decent. Yeah. Like, like it wasn't that the role Suha Cravens was supposed to play, and then all of a sudden he's just not anymore? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I can't get a handle on that one either. It's really weird. And it's he sent weird. out a really cryptic tweet yesterday and basically said, like, hey, I'm ready to be cut. Like, that's that's what I'm prepping for. Yeah. Uh, to paraphrase. It's been a really... The Suat Cravens era in Denver has been... Short. Just odd. And weird. It's just been weird yeah. from the start. You know, with the you know tumultuous exit from Washington, coming here, you know, getting a chance, but then not playing because of injuries, and then coming back, you know, slotting in as a backup, but then not. I mean, it's just, you want to talk about a roller coaster ride. Sua Cravens has been up and down, and I, I don't know that he makes this roster because I don't, if Jamal Carter has really come in and, and shown that he can play that hybrid linebacker safety kind of role better than Sua Cravens, then... Then that's the guy. That, yeah. Then that's the guy you go with, and you need help at inside linebacker. And maybe that's where Suak Cravens comes in. Maybe he, maybe it's one of those deals where he gets cut, and then you put some guys on the IR, and now you have roster spots available, and you bring them back. I just don't know, though. It's it's just been the wildest like year and a half ever yeah. with Suak Cravens. I, I and look, I, I don't know anything. I don't have any inside info. Okay, um, but what. I observe from practice and what I believe in the pit of my stomach, the deep inside that big fat stomach. Um, I I wonder if he's hard to deal with or if, if he rubs people the wrong mm. way or if there's, there's something going on, maybe personality, like, like maybe they asked him to do something and he said no, because I don't understand why you would trade assets to get Sua Cravens to prep him for this role, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, actually, we're going to do it with Jamal Carter. Right. Who, by the way, is more undersized than Cravens. Cravens. Like, so it's like it doesn't make any sense. So it's almost like, okay, well, you know, was it a seniority thing that you went to Jamal Carter first? Well, then why can't you rotate the two in preseason? I, I really wonder if, if he's somebody who... Maybe behind closed doors, and again, this is just speculation, and I don't want to throw any rumors out or anything like that, but I just, I'm trying to figure out because I think the guy's really talented. I really do. I think he can be a playmaker for this Denver team. But you don't go, you don't go through two weird situations in Washington and Denver and 
it just be the team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, you yeah. know, like, if you have this weird situation at one team, I can say and validate, and you know what, that Washington organization, I don't think they're run very well. I think they've got a, uh, a guy at the top that is uh, a bit incompetent, um, maybe a little power hungry. You know, it's a very weird dynamic there. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I get it. Uh, maybe you go to a place, you know, last year with the Denver Broncos. Uh, very incompetent coaching staff. Don't know what they're doing with several of these players. Maybe I could excuse that. But now this year, where Vic Fangio has his head on straight and and knows what he wants in a certain player, and this is a guy who is playing well, but yet the the position he was prepped for, and now it's going to somebody else? I, I just don't – something seems really fishy. Really fishy to me. That is odd. I, I I really hope it's not a behind the scenes thing. I really hope we don't get the report. You know, the next day after he was cut, that he was a, a you know a cancer in the locker room or yeah. said no to doing something. I really hope that's not the case. But you're not wrong. I mean, if if a guy's playing, I'm just trying yeah, to find right. an explanation. Yeah, if you like, if you're, like, why isn't this guy playing the role that they picked him up for? Yeah, you know, as as and a role that you need depth at right now with everybody being hurt as an inside linebacker, I just, man. And the one thing, too, that, that really kind of baffles me as well is I think Vic Fangio likes versatile guys. Oh, absolutely. That's why they picked up a Kareem, Kareem Jackson, Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. and, and somebody who can play multiple roles. And, you know, Vic gets to play kind of like mad scientist here and, like, take this little piece and, and add it here and, and, and take this, you know, uh, uh, solution and add it to this pot and stir it this much and you know and all of a sudden out pops a great defense so i would think that suak craven adds to this but i guess not i don't don't know we'll see if he makes the roster i think he could be one of those surprise guys that gets cut i really do and the cryptic tweet was kind of weird i was like why why are you tweeting this dude really odd yeah but then there's also that again there's that whole thing where after the cuts get made then you can place guys on ir and that opens up roster spots and so maybe he finds his way back on that way and i just i don't know though it's very weird yeah it's it's very weird weird. and i I just don't know if you can go two straight teams where it's like "Mm, weird situation yeah before it's like you know what um if you uh pissed this person off and this person off and person b and c and e and f the common denominator here is that maybe you're the problem yeah you know so we'll see how it goes uh certainly don't know for sure but i just get a kind of a weird little pit in my stomach that's like it makes me think twice. Yeah. It makes me think twice. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. All right, so your expectations or your thoughts going into preseason and where they're at now. Jake, do you feel better about this team? Do you feel worse? Do you feel about the same as preseason has played out? Has it improved or lessened? I feel the same. In, in, going into preseason, I was thinking seven to nine, eight and eight, which is an improvement um, from I last year. Yes. Uh, at the end of preseason, I'm still thinking seven and nine, eight and eight. The Broncos right. really struggled to find the end zone. First team, second team, Joe Flacco. Red it, zone. It did not matter where they were Points on period. the field. Yeah. They could not score. And it's really, really hard to win football games if you cannot score touchdowns. <laughs> yes. I, I learned that. Um, 
But luckily, the defense has looked amazing. I mean, this could be a top five defense this year, and I would not be shocked at all. I just, I haven't seen enough from the Broncos as a whole that that tells me that they're going to be nine and seven, ten and six, you know, fighting for a wild card spot. It's going to be one of those like, it's going to be one of those years where for two games they look really, really solid, and then the next couple of games it's like, oh, that wasn't good. That's that's the feeling that I get. I um. I, I and going back to the offense, yes, they they have not looked good. They have not been able to finish drives. I in fact, I tweeted this out as Brandon McManus was walking off the field. I said, "There goes your preseason MVP." He was great. Like, he missed one field MVP. goal, and yeah. it was blocked. Yeah, um, he was tremendous. Uh, I I think you know, look, I had high expectations for this team coming into preseason, somewhere in the nine ten win range. I still see it. I I still see a little really? bit better team with the yeah, and and I see it because. I know that playing great defense and a mediocre quarterback is not a sexy way to win in the NFL, but it is a way to win in the NFL, and it's a consistent way to win in the NFL because you just have this mediocre flatline quarterback who can get you 15, 20 points per game. And unless you are facing some of the most elite offenses in the league, you're going to be able to stop them and 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 hold them to big points. And then if you can get that pick six or that turnover that puts your offense in really good field position, even with field goals, you know, if it's a 13, 16, 19, 22 point game output, those are winnable games for Denver this year. And I think you're going to see a lot more of those than not. You know, I know everybody wants to talk about the roster, but look, you look at ja- I look at Jacksonville and I'm like, nothing Jacksonville scares me. No. Nothing about Tennessee scares me. No. Are, are you really confident Baker Mayfield's going to go out there and just slice up this Denver defense? No, thank you. You get two gimmies against the Raiders. We've already mm-hmm. seen that they can last year, assuming Case Keenum hits DT, they split the games against Kansas City. Andrew Luck's not playing in that indie game all of a sudden. I mean, you could argue it both ways when it comes to the schedule. So I, I'm not a huge believer on that for a pro or con, but I'm just telling you, you better have Patrick Mahomes to beat this defense. I think that's how good they are because their pass rush is going to get home. They're going to shove you up into the pocket, and now we're seeing defensive linemen have impacts from Shelby Harris showing out in preseason two. Um uh, Demarcus Walker, Mike Purcell, even some of those depth guys. Yep. These are going to be guys who are going to make the roster. And now you have this so much improved secondary where, like, you know, I, I think John Elway doesn't get enough credit for this. They took a they eye-popping, awful weakness in the secondary last year. Their biggest weakness, and quite frankly, made it a strength yeah. somehow. Between the Bryce Callahan pickup for the nickel, and now you have Kareem Jackson involved, and I think Justin Simmons is going to take a major step. So I, I really like what this Denver defense has done. Um, yes, the offense conservative, it's vanilla, you know. But if if Joe Flacco can make some plays, he looks more competent than Case Keenum. I, I like this team all of nine, ten wins, but I, I think that's kind of where I see him anyways, and and so I think I'd be kind of in agreement. I'd be no real major change, but I think my expectations just a little bit higher. Yeah, I just I I just haven't been confident in the offense at all. And and maybe it's a case of, you know, 2015 Broncos where the defense is just that good where if you can get them a seven nothing lead right off the bat, then you're gonna win the game because the other team just ain't gonna, you know, they're not yeah. gonna score. 
And and I would love that. I really hope the Broncos go nine and seven, ten and six, fight for a wild card because I think if they get into the playoffs, that's where this defense really shines, and that's where you get the defense wins championships thing from. Um, I just. I have a hard... This team is not built to come from behind, though. And so if the Broncos go down 7-0, 10-0 early, which doesn't sound like much, it, it feels like a lot, though, with the way that this offense has performed. Yeah. And, of course, we'll be keeping up to date on all the... Well, it starts now. All the roster cuts coming up this weekend. Uh, what will Denver do? Could a trade be involved for a certain quarterback from a certain team? Hint, hint, San Francisco. I don't know. We'll see. We'll be keeping up. Up to date at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. And, of course, on the all-new Mile High Sports mobile app that is free for Apple and Android. we got lots of great stuff going on over there at milehighsports.com. So be sure to go check it out if you want to see archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast, a daily podcast, by the way, from Mile High Sports. You can go check it out. Jake, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for having um, me. When are, uh, can they find you on Twitter for all your Broncos thoughts? I am at P. 303. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. I want to say thanks to our friends over there at Pro Football Focus as well as our friends at Tap 14. Be sure to find archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com and the all new sport, Mile High Sports mobile app. You can find download links at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. See you, y'all.